0: AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week
1: program, Baron Wiley. Thank you, Roland. Yes, welcome to KSLR's Church of the Week program. And I like to read this verse every week there. It's so important that we recognize this. In 1 Timothy 517, it says, Let the elders who rule well... Be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. And so that's why we hear our program every week. Matter of fact, we hear it twice a week. There's your double portion Uh, every Saturday morning at 10 and again on uh, Sundays at 1 o'clock. And this week, talk about, boy, double honor there. Uh, We're going to talk to a pastor who has to do it in English and in Hebrew a lot of the times there. Uh, It's our KSLR Church of the Week. I have Pastor Greg Muse with us from Bet Shalom Messianic Assembly. And we welcome you to KSLR. And thank you for being our KSLR Church of the Week, Pastor.
2: Amen and shalom.
1: Ah, I'll take that. Shalom to you again. Uh, Salem, which is the name of our company here, the Salem Media Group, also means shalom, peace to you, et cetera. There, so well, I receive that. Thank Amen. You very much. The church is in Marion, Texas. Yes. So again, as we're the word in South Texas, you're in. <laughs> you qualify there. Talk about the church and and let's uh, just—I don't even know where to start. I'm excited about this interview. Uh, because uh, it's it's, well, it's it's close to me. I don't think I, ta- I told you this, but uh, I proposed to my wife in Israel. Amen. Yeah. So I, I can't wait to hear what, what the Lord's doing at, at uh, Bet Shalom. So what is the Lord doing at Beth Shalom?
2: Bet Shalom. Oh, I can start from the beginning, how we all ended up there. Please. All right. Uh, I was raised on the mission field. My parents were missionaries, so I was one year old when we lived overseas. So I grew up in the mission field in Ecuador in South America. And uh, so after I graduated from high school, I came to the United States, and I went to Texas State University. And while I was there, in my second year, uh, God called me into ministry. So I switched degrees and got a degree in uh, public speaking and interpersonal communication because I knew I'd be, be sharing the good news and preaching. And after that, I went to seminary. But midway through seminary, after about two and a half years, got disillusioned. I come from an entire family of ministry, uh, and uh, all my family's in ministry, I'm the middle child. Mm. So I'm like, what am I doing here? I can do this, yes, but, uh, is it, but this is what God really wants me to do, so I dropped out. So I'm going to drop out. I was working on my master divinity there. And uh, so I went into law enforcement. And uh, I was 12 years uh, as a special agent, in federal law enforcement. And then uh, later on, I was also a Texas state trooper, and I was eventually assigned to the governor's mansion and the governor's protective detail. How did you get that? Uh, because, of uh, being a person <laughs> of high character, uh, they looked at me and said, this is the kind of person we want around the governor mm. and the protective detail. Did you ever
1: have conversations with the governor?
2: Yes. About faith? Yes. And, uh, was able to speak to him many times. And even when they started running for the presidency, I, I told the governor's wife that was there at that time, I just want to let you know, I'm, I'm a pastor and I'm lifting you up in prayer. You have a hard road ahead of you. And she just started weeping. This is before they're flying out. So I felt bad because their uh-huh. makeup was being smeared a little bit on there, but, uh, <laughs> I don't wow. know if she might even not even remember that, but that's how I, I ended up being with them. But but while there, I just um, I knew that God, I'd left that calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, once God has called you, I'd been in and out of ministry throughout the years of law enforcement. Uh, uh, but I, 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 I just God just worked in my heart. I knew that uh, but this this is not what God called me to do. It's a it's a it's a great uh, professional occupation, very high valued. But I just this is not what God called me to do. So I kept praying, God, please let me return to full time ministry. My parents, before they die out, they're in their late 80s, and uh, they'd be able to see their son mm. back in ministry before. And so I, ca- I started praying for ministry vision. I'd never prayed for ministry vision. I'd always done all the things you can do at church, but I never prayed, asked God directly for a min- giving me a ministry vision. And, uh, and through fasting, through praying the Word of God, while I'm there doing protective detail uh, at the governor's mansion, God started revealing to take the gospel to the Jew. And I'm like, are you kidding? We'd grown on the mission field. I'd been a missionary to uh, East Asia and Central America and other places and all my family. But I'm like, who's taking the gospel to the Jews? And I'm like, no, come on, God. And I kept trying to brush it off. And uh, finally, I said, uh, okay, I'll do it. It's because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I said, I- I'll do it. And once I did that, God just started bringing the Jewish people across our path, just started sharing the gospel with them, and they started getting saved, started praying, wow. Yeshua, you are the Messiah. Jesus, you are the, you are the Messiah. It's absolutely incredible. And uh, so I just, uh, we started a, a house church at my house, uh, just a small little group with the ministry vision of taking the gospel to the Jew first and then to the nations. And from that, we outgrew our house. We outgrew another one, outgrew another one. And then I was still with DPS as a state trooper seeking a location that we could find to meet. in. And I was just trying to find buildings that we could meet in or a room. Went to all these different churches, leaving my card. I'm still in DPS. But uh, I never got a response back except from one church, and it was the country church. Uh. They called up and said, hey, Greg, we got a building for you. And I said, well, I was just looking for a a room somewhere. And uh, so I drove out there, and they said, here, this is our old youth building. Uh, They had all these new ones, and they said, this is for you. We don't want anything from you. We want to bless you with it. So we've been there in that building for the last two years, and that's how... We ended up being in Marion.
1: Well, congratulations, (laughs) and what what grounds those are for sure. There's a there's a rodeo behind the there's a (laughs) big rodeo
2: coliseum, full size. They have a lot of ministries. Yeah, wild horse ministries, other things that come in take place there in the rodeo arena. Wow.
1: So let's talk about when you meet there at the uh, Cowboy Church. Obviously, the Messianic congregation meeting on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah. What time?
2: The Country Church.
1: I'm sorry. What did I say? Cowboy Church.
2: I'm sorry. (laughs) That's another one. That is another one.
1: (laughs) But it's the Country Church of Mary, and yes, we know and love there for sure. Thank you. Uh, uh, Saturday nights, what time?
2: Saturday nights, we meet on Shabbat. We call it Shabbat, and we begin. Actually, we have Hebrew class, and we start at uh, 430 with the Hebrew class, and I teach that. Hebrew Hebrew word pictures, uh, Dr. Frank Seekin's book that we have there, and we teach that. And then at 5 o'clock, we have Shabbat school, and that's being taught uh, currently by our associate pastor, Ken Holder. And uh, and then our worship service is at 6, and I'm also the worship leader, besides preaching. <laughs> and do you blow the shofar, too? Uh, yes, sir. That's we, uh, part of begin worship. We our, begin our worship service, the blast into the shofar, yes, sir.
1: Talk about that for a second. What yeah. does that mean? When, when you blow that, what are we declaring here?
2: Yeah. We, uh, we, we do four, well, actually we play chimes before we even blast the shofar because of re- uh, recollecting and remembering the time when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God. He had bells on the bottom of the priestly garments and uh, uh, there was bells and pomegranates, and the bells would ring as he came into the Holy of Holies. So we play the chimes just to read. We're going into the Holy of Holies. And then we'd grab the, the, and there's different kinds of shofars. But the shofar blast is always a reminder that there was a substitute for us when Abraham took Isaac and uh, was going to offer him as a sacrifice. You know, he sat around and said, hey, you know, what's going on? Uh, where's the sacrifice? And uh, Abraham, uh, Abraham responded with, out of I eat it uh, the Lord will provide. And that's when the ram was caught in a thicket and there in the bush. And, uh and took the ram's horn. And so we're always reminded when we blast that shofar that there's been a substitute for us. Yeshua, Jesus, he paid the price for us. He was our substitute for us. He took our place and paid the price for our sins. But we do four different blasts. The first blast is a is a blast for the coronation of the king. Yeshua is king of king and lord of lords. It's the coronation of the king. The next blast is a broken blast, and it's recalled and remember of repentance. We come with a repentant heart. The next blast is a multiple uh, blast, which is an alarm cry, a wake-up call, uh, there's a battle going on around us, and wake up. And then the last long extended blast is the tekiah gedolah, which is also a reminder of that. And God said he would descend with a shout and the blast of the shofar, and we will rise up and meet him in the air. And so it's a recall and remember of those. We do those four blasts before we, and Psalm says, just praise the Lord. Praise Yah, the first two letters of God's name, yud out of yud heh his full name. Praise Yah with the blast of the shofar. And uh, Jewish sages said that also, these are Jewish sages said that at the blast of the shofar, uh, evil spirits flee Hmm. uh, because on Mount Sinai, when the Torah was given to Moses, when he came and tried to bring the people up, let's meet God. And they're all shaking and trembling and everything is happening. There was a blast of a shofar grew louder and louder. And then God spoke. And so it is said they don't know if it's the blast of the shofar or if it's God's voice when the blast of the shofar is, is, is blasted. So it says, yeah, so what do I got to lose? We'll blast it and yeah. let's go and let's have church now. So Is there a
1: connection between the shofar blast and the trumpet blast that we hear in the end of times? In the yes, yes.
2: Yes, of course. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, so you remember that when you hear it. So. That's right. Yeah.
1: God's here. <laughs> well, cool. Hey, we're talking to Pastor Greg Muse. He's the pastor of Bet Shalom Messianic Assembly, also known as the House of Peace Church, for those that aren't uh, Tex-Mex or Hebrew-Mex or or <laughs> whatever you do. But you've got a Spanish yeah. background. Yes. Talk about that. Is that from your missionary days?
2: Yes. Uh, my parents, uh, my daddy was a, a preacher out of Oklahoma, and God called him to go into the foreign missions and so uh, and. Uh, I was born in 1960, so in 1961, they left. Uh, I had an older brother and older sister at the time and a younger sister born on the mission field, but I was one year old when we went to Ecuador in South America. And this is, some of y'all, if y'all remember back in 1955, there's uh, these five missionaries that got killed on the mission field. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Nate Saint and uh, mm-hmm. Jim Elliott, the Jim yep. Elliott story, Through Gates of Splendor, and, yep. and uh, Elizabeth Elliott and all those. Uh, they were the missionaries that died. I grew up with their kids. I grew up with Phil and wow. Steve Stain and all those. and uh, and so we didn't know, you know, there were missionaries, we were missionaries. I'm like, ah, uh, your dad died, hey, you know. But anyways. <laughs>
1: Did you ever feel in danger when you were growing up?
2: I, I That was home. Yeah. Uh, m- uh, you have to have my dad on here sometime. He can tell you story after story after story yeah. where there's a lot of persecution. He was an evangelist on the mission field and mm-hmm. a lot of church plants and a lot of people got saved and a lot of persecution on his behalf. Yeah. Sure. He was in danger a lot. We were just kids growing up. And so, uh, yeah, well, that's why I got the Spanish background as, you know, being one-year-old, and being raised in the mission field, you know. Uh, yeah, you learn Spanish real quick and have Spanish friends. And so, yeah, the Spanish language, uh, speak it, write it, you know, the whole works. Do you get to use your
1: Spanish uh, in the church here at uh, at Bet Uh
2: Not at Bet but I was helping out my dad in Seguin. There's a little Spanish church there. And uh, wow. uh, my dad's 87. And he said, <laughs> hey, son, can you come help me? Uh, he was trying to – they are looking for a pastor. And uh, he was, he said his voice was going out and his he was forgetting his Spanish. So he said, can, can I come out and help? And so, sure. So I went over there, and uh, so I was able to preach the Word and lead in worship in Spanish. I also went over there and, see him and help him out a little bit.
1: Well, if you'd like to attend Bet Shalom, uh, they meet again on Saturday evenings at 6.30. I'm sorry, 6 o'clock on Saturdays, 6.30 on Wednesdays. And again, too, there's that Hebrew class there. Is there a charge for that class at 4.30 on Saturdays? None at all. Wow, wow wonderful you can learn more at the website betshalom-ma.com that stands for Bet Shalom messianic assembly betshalom-ma.com and uh pastor greg muse how long have you uh, been the pastor there when did it start
2: uh this would have been in 2012 so yeah. like 2012 is when all this uh, ministry vision had come into pass and uh, part of that was it was kind of interesting we'd already when i finally said okay god i'll do this i don't know what i'm doing uh and uh, God said, great, now let me step in and do what I need to do and bring in the people across our path. Uh, that was four years ago. And uh, and the Jewish people that were brought to us uh, were getting saved. We, we realized after a while, uh, my wife's dad died mm-hmm. and uh, they're the Stricker family. they the last name is Stricker and they're all from Russia. And mm-hmm. they were Germans living in Russia and they came and uh, many years ago went through Canada and from Canada dropped into Michigan. And her dad was one of the first generation uh, born Strickers from that family, and we discovered after his death somebody did an extensive genealogical uh, record uh, research on him, and they were Jews, and uh, <laughs> we're like, this is after I had started the ministry, yeah, and so I'm like, oh wow, and so then I got jealous, and I said, well, I'm going to do this DNA testing, you know, I'm going to scrape my cheeks and uh-huh. send this thing in, so I, I sent it into one of these one of the largest Jewish databases out of Houston, out of a, a company that does DNA. Uh, testing, and then mine came back in Levitical priesthood also. Hallelujah. And so I'm like, wait. So I just confirmed while well, we were already doing the ministry that we're doing now. So we just tell people we have Jewish ancestry, but you know it breaks down a lot of walls when we meet with Jewish families, uh, either here and other places we go. We just say, we're mishpochah. We're, we're family. Yeah. And it's easier for me to share. Uh, with uh, the gospel, and with the good news, with the Jewish brothers that we have, so.
1: absolutely, that's amazing to me there too. I, again, I'm just fascinated by your ministry and and how you get share the good news with 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 Israel, if you will. Amen. And uh, and here in South Texas, there too. So, uh, how does that? What does that salvation experience like when the light goes off and they finally realize it, that Jesus is the Messiah?
2: Amen. That's uh, that's one thing where I, you know, it was a learning experience for me. Uh, we had friends that say, Hey, can you talk with such and such? Uh, they're, they're Orthodox or conservative reformed Jew, and they're here in San Antonio and so forth. So we'd meet with them and I noticed right at the front, uh, thankful for my seminary days and then being raised on the mission field and the godly Christian family and knowing the word, but they'll go sometimes head to head with you discussing the Torah. Finally I discovered, uh, and this was a, a new branch out for me too. Uh, I looked at them, and I finally would just stop and I would just say, you know what? Are you sick? Are you ill? Do you have any illnesses, sicknesses? What do you mean? Well, well, yeah, I got a bad knee or a bad back or disc or I got a torn disc or whatever. I said, okay, uh, will you let me pray for you? But I'm going to pray for you na- using the name of Yeshua, which is Jesus. And his name means salvation in Hebrew. And they, uh, yeah, yeah, well, what do I care? And this was what is just absolutely miraculous. Because the background I came from is a Southern Baptist background. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, the Bible man, Jesus, you did all these things, and all that came to you were healed. You went to the lost sheep of the house of Israel first. And Paul says in Romans, the gospel to the Jew first and the nations, and all this is here. If this is for today, I want it. And God said, here you go, take it. So I just started saying, okay, in the name of Jesus, whatever the part of the body of the head, be healed. Mm-hmm. And for the Jewish people, every single Jewish person that we have ministered to that's been sick, that we prayed over in the name of Yeshua has been instantly, miraculously healed. And so after that has taken place, they're like okay. very open to the gospel. Yeah, That is Yeshua who healed you. May you know I share more about yes. And as a result of that, they all receive Yeshua as Lord and say, even said, you've got to tell my parents this. And they fly down from New York. Uh, these are Orthodox Jews flying down and sharing with them, the rest of the family, and the same thing that that's happening. God's just doing it, reviewing the male veil of blindness from the eyes and softening the heart in times is what I tell people. Uh, they're turning to their their Messiah, the Messiah, and accepting Yeshua as the Messiah. So.
1: so, your advice is to start with ministry first before we start digging into this is what your Bible says.
2: Yeah, it was just I thought it was because uh, some some have been to uh, they've been bar mitzvah, they've been to synagogue, that some have studied Torah, and uh, they just like to they, you know they'll get in there and just uh, they'd love debate. They'll get yeah. in there and just start you know, and, and they're very knowledgeable and very very uh, on uh, what they know of the Torah, but they it's just. You know, I, could, I realized then, man, we can talk about this for hours on yeah. time. So it just cuts to the quick. and am like, okay, you sick. You know, let's let's go to your physical, your needs on here. And then and you realize sure, you know, he, he was compassionate. He mm-hmm. saw them. They were hungry, fed. They were sick. They got healed. And so I'm like, wow, man, this is happening with us too. So, so what is
1: the response then when you're witnessing? Do, when it, From my perspective, I haven't had that experience of praying that way. But I've had the conversations where... As you brought up the example of of Isaac and Abraham and the ram's horn and the thicket, which is a picture of the crown of thorns and the and the sacrifice, et cetera, and you try to make those parallels, and why doesn't that help connect the dots? So it, or it should, to it me,
2: should. should. But the, is it a blinder thing, or a lot of time? And we, well, I think part of it's uh, we've seen also in the, the the families, individuals that accepted Jesus as the Messiah, uh, they get persecution from their their other relatives and families. Yeah. Uh, they'll say, you've, you've betrayed and you've lost who you are and you've, and and, and they go on and on and on and then you see them kind of going, and we've even baptized them I and we've done, and mikvat's what it's uh-huh. called. We explain all this, and that's the thing we try to share at Beth Shalom that we try to observe the Hebraic Jewish roots of our faith and we try to view the things that we do through the, the roots of where we're coming from, but, uh, with the Jewish people, they they just don't seem to to click. Uh, a lot of the people we've fortunately, a lot of the people we've dealt with are just as lost as your next door neighbor who's yeah. never been to just church and they're just, just uh, secular. And a lot of people kind of stand back and don't want to say anything to Jewish people because they they think, oh man, these guys are. They, we read about in the Bible, and they think they're very knowledgeable. But a lot of them, they they not even gone to synagogue at all. They're just born in a Jewish home and raised in a Jewish culture and Muslim mm-hmm. even – Uh, Some have been through bar mitzvah, some have not. Some have uh, gone to synagogue, some have not. Some go to the feast, some don't. Uh, But uh, I have just learned to trust, because we pray, God, today, bring across my path the person, the people, that you'd have me to share the good news of Yeshua with, whether it be to the nations, the goyim, the non-Jew, or to the Jews. Either Mm -hmm. one. Father, you bring them to us. And so we equip our congregation. And as a result of that, we started seeing the miracles and miraculous helping uh, I started that, just opened up a whole new avenue. I'm like, wow, man, this is. We saw other people starting to get healed. We got other people that started being uh, saved. And then we started dealing with the area of deliverance. We're like, what? <laughs> you know, how many churches is this happening? So I started reading the Bible and I said, man, is this happening in the Bible? Because I've been pastoring some places where I was the only pastor in the entire area on the borders of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they would send their people across and uh, we'd minister to them. And some of those people were demonized. And you're like, wow, well, what do you do? Wow, what did Jesus do? Just command in the name of Yeshua, and the name of, well, and these were other ones, but in the yeah. congregation we have now, in Yeshua's name, but other ones, in the name of Jesus, evil spirits to come out of the people. And we started seeing deliverance start taking place. And so we started equipping people at Bet Shalom. We have a healing ministry, a deliverance ministry, evangelism. We equipped them all to go out and what we call power evangelism go out and uh, uh, share the good news of Yeshua and uh, lay hands on the sick to be healed and cast the evil spirits, just as we read in the Bible. And we said, God, this is all coming from you and it's in your name we're doing these things. We have the power and authority to do these things and we do them and we're seeing results as a result of it and then we have the people coming back from our congregation saying you know what we're doing things just like we read in the bible mm-hmm. and excited and pumped up and get your faith going
1: well i can tell you're pumped up pastor
2: yeah, <laughs> i love it we're talking to pastor greg hughes
1: uh, i'm sorry greg muse of uh Beth Shalom Messianic Assembly, House of Peace Church there. And if you want to learn more, go to the website, betshalom-ma.com. They're meeting at the country church every Saturday night at 6 o'clock. I imagine that uh, there's got to be something on the horizon of the church going to Israel. Y'all do something like that?
2: Lord willing, that's what we've been praying about. We tried to go this last year. It didn't work out. We have some contacts, some people locally, and then other people that are in Israel itself. And so uh, part of our first fruit offerings uh, that come into Bet Shalom, we take a tithe off the fir- what we call our first fruit each month. We take the tithe or the tenth or whatever, the total amount that comes in, and we go to uh, Jewish evangelism. One of the organizations where it's important is called One for Israel on oneforisrael.org. And uh, they're right there in Israel itself, Jews, reaching Jews, evangelism, and also reaching the, the, the Arabs, uh, Arabs, reaching Arabs with Israel. Uh, so Jesus. you would go to
1: Israel not to go as a tourist, an American oh, no, tourist. You would go the for
2: ministry, and that's part of it. Well, yeah, we'll see the the sure. touristy sides, But one for Israel, uh, since we've made contact and we've, uh, we've met with their people that are in charge of the Bible College of Israel that are there and the people running all that and all the evangelistic efforts that they're doing, we now have contact with them and, and their two group. Uh, so we can visit and, and try to go this next summer. We're, we're, that's what we're planning on, meeting with them, and then be able to go over there and be able to meet up with them and still go do street evangelism and other yeah. evangelic efforts while we're there in Israel, but also still be able to see you know regular touristy sites that you can go to. But.
1: Well, very exciting there. So as uh, we're honoring you here as our KSLR Church of the Week, it's the week after Christmas here. The first, actually, we're about to end of the new year for sure. And it's actually Hanukkah Falls uh, during this past week there, too. So is that something that you recognize and celebrate?
2: Yes. Uh, John chapter 10 talks about the Feast of Dedication. It depends on which translation that you read. Some translations just fly out say it was Hanukkah, uh-huh. and that's what the Feast of Dedication is. And we see Yeshua was there uh, during that feast, and so we celebrate it and explain what it is. And uh, during the Hanukkah, this year Hanukkah actually lands on the same time the the, the first candle lit is the eve of Christmas Eve. And so uh-huh. this it just celebrates, uh, it comes in at the same time. Uh, we talk about Hanukkah, what it is, and the miracle that took place. What's interesting is that in our congregation at Beth Shalom, we have a regular seven-branch menorah, which is the same that they had in the the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. But during Hanukkah, it's called Hanukkah. During Hanukkah, there's a Hanukkah, which is a nine-branched uh, menorah, and uh, it's to celebrate. And it's an eight-long day celebration, and then that ninth candle is called the Shamash candle. That's the servant's candle, and we know that Yeshua said he he came to serve, and not be served. And that candle is what lights all the candles. One candle is lit each night. And so if you take those eight candles...
1: Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you there. So sure. let me ask you, that one-servant candle, it represents Christ. Is yes. that just in the Messianic, or is that also recognized in the Jewish
2: celebration? No, that is... Uh, lim- well, are you ready for this? Yeah. Since we're on the seven-branch menorah. Yeah, hit me. <laughs> Before we go to... The- Where is
1: Christ in that, right? Because I'm uh, sure he's there.
2: Yeah, in Genesis 1-1. Yeah, in the beginning God created, right. and there's God. There you go. In, in English... Elohim. It's, it's ten, ten words, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But in Hebrew... It's Bereshi, bara Elohim, Et, Hashamayim, Bet, Charetz. That's what I was going to tell you that, yeah. There, you're going to join yeah. in. It was seven words. So you take the seven words, you make a seven-branch menorah. Now begin with, there's three on one side, three on the other side. So if you're counting from right to left like you do in Hebrew, Bereshi, bara Elohim, then you have Et. That Et, that is the Aleph, the Tab, that is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet and the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The beginning, the end, the Alpha, the Omega. Who is that? But Yeshua said, I am the Alpha and Omega. I am beginning, the first, the last. That word et, the of Top is not translated in any language except in the Hebrew. It is in the Hebrew. Your English Bible, my Spanish Bible, Chinese Bible, it's not going to be translated. In the Hebrew it is. And uh, as I'm facing you on my right, to the right of Bereshit, Barai, Elohim. Elohim is God, plurality of God. Mm-hmm. What is to the right of Elohim? Et. That is the middle... Servant's candle, the shamash candle, is in the right. middle of that Menorah. That is Yeshua, Christ Himself, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Sitting at the right hand of the Father. Glorious. Amen.
1: That's exciting. Amen. <laughs> wow. And then, uh, and then, as far as uh, the, the other celebrations—Passover uh, yeah, and, and uh, uh, you know, Pentecost and, yeah. and the feasts, et cetera—there too. Some, there's always a party there at your Amen. place.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll hit the well. Back to the Hanukkah, and then I hit those other Right. The Hanukkah is uh, the Hanukkah is the nine branch, uh, the eight that you got the shamash candle, the service candle. Mm-hmm. But then the eight days that we're lighting those candles. Those eight words come from Isaiah nine, where it says, "Pele Yuetz El Gibor Aviad Sar Shalom, Wonder of a Counselor, Mighty God, Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace." In Hebrew, it's eight words. And so that is Yeshua himself. He fulfilled those, and he is uh, Isaiah 9 and fulfills all that. So we like that reminder of that he is a fulfillment of all those words. And, yes, we celebrate the Lord's Feast. It's interesting people read through Leviticus 23. Well, some people don't, but some yeah. <laughs> people, every once in a while, they just kind of glaze over and read real fast. But if you read Leviticus 23, it lists all seven feasts. Here we got the seven again, yeah. just like the branch menorah. And uh, seven feasts. And what's interesting is as soon as you read uh, Leviticus 23 and the first two verses, It said these are the Lord's feasts, and then the Hebrew word is moed, moedin, and it says for a holy assembly or a holy uh, convocation that you come together. That in Hebrew is mikra. Now, the word moed means an appointed time. That's God's appointed time that he comes and meets with his people. They're not Jewish feasts. They're called the Lord's feasts, Uh, and a lot of people miss that. They just call them Jewish feasts, but they are the Lord's feasts. They're his feasts. They're his moed, his appointed time. He comes and meets with his people. And for a holy convocation, a holy assembly, that's mikra. That means for a rehearsal. And the root word of that actually means like a wedding engagement. Mm. So when you get engaged, you have a wedding rehearsal so that when the day comes, you've had the rehearsal. And that's what all that means. And uh, I believe we as Christians and believers in the church age today miss out a lot on our Hebrew and Jewish roots of Hebraica. We miss that. So we celebrate these because we realize Yeshua was our Passover Lamb. Wasn't? Is our Passover Lamb? He fulfilled that the next feast is unleavened bread. His death, first fruits. He rose from the grave, and then fifty days later, Shavuot or Pentecost. Holy Spirit comes. So He already fulfilled all the spring feast. Mm-hmm. Now we have the final three with the fall feast: uh, Feast of Trumpets, uh, Day of Atonement, and Tabernacles. And uh, so if he fulfilled the spring, will he fulfill the fall ones? Yes, he already fulfilled them, so he'll fulfill And So that's why we have the Yom Terawah, Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, and Tabernacles, which is known as Sukkot. And we just finished uh, the fall feast, and so now we're coming here to the Hanukkah for the Feast of Dedication. And the dedication is your body is the temple of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit who's in you. So we dedicate ourselves just time to recall, remember, and to spend time in God and His Word as we rededicate our lives as the dedication of the temple took place back at that time.
1: I'm excited. I'm excited for the people who attend your church. I'm excited for the future of your church there at uh, Bet Shalom Messianic Assembly, our KSLR Church of the Week, House of Peace Church. They meet every uh, Saturday night at the Country Church, and you can learn more at betshalom-ma.com. Pastor Greg, thank you so much for being here, being our KSLR Church of the Week. Amen. And if you missed any part of this great conversation, you can find it on demand at kslr.com. Just check out our Church of the Week page. You'll find it right there. And again, Pastor Greg, God bless you. God bless shalom. you. Shalom.
2: And shalom.
1: And thank you for listening to AM630 KSLR.
2: Thank you for joining
0: us today as we featured our AM630 The Word Church of the Week.